Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. And today is the start of a special episode, and we are going to be doing a three-part series after today called The Building of the Tabernacle, and it'll be a three-part series. And this is talking about how God wanted to come and live with his people or dwell with them if that makes sense he wanted to come down he wanted to live with his people because that was his original plan from the very beginning was to actually live with his creation but the creation kind of screwed it up a little bit but today we will be talking about exodus chapter 25 verses 1 through 9 and this will be the intro episode to uh, the three-part series that we are going to be doing. And I'm also going to be having a couple guests on the podcast as well to help us with the um, understanding of some of what God is talking about here. So let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 25 and read verses 1 through 9. As always, I will be reading out the WEB version of the Bible. Grab that cup of coffee and let's go ahead and read. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they take an offering for me. From everyone whose hearts make him willing, you shall take my offering. This is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, sea cow hides, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of its furniture, even so you shall make it. So this is part of the 40 days that Moses is up on the mountain. You remember that we we talked about uh, God's presence on the mountain on Friday and how he was basically, his presence took two forms. It took the soft cloud and then it took the consuming fire. So the children of Israel that were standing at the bottom of the mountain saw God's uh, presence up there on the mountain. So Moses walks right into it. (laughs) And he was the only one that was allowed to walk right into it because he was the leader of his people and he was supposed to be very holy. So he was okay experiencing God's glory. And in fact, we find out later on that some of God's glory kind of like came to Moses a little bit and Moses was glowing when he walked down the mountain because of God's glory surrounding him that even Moses was like affected by it and became more, uh, holy, I should say himself, just being in God's presence. So now in verse one, we're talking about how Moses is now up here on the mountain. And this was very important for Moses to be on the mountain because God was going to tell him some very, very important things that were going on. And this was kind of a vacation away from the people a little bit, not exactly, but you know, Moses was allowed to go up there by himself and he was taking, you know, like a month, actually a 40 day 
rest kind of from the people just talking with God and asking God what uh, he wanted for um, the future and you know just talking with God and God was sustaining him this whole time you know God was either feeding him or maybe even making it so that Moses didn't even have to eat but uh, I don't know but either way Moses was sustained up on that mountain and he was healthy and he was in God's presence so now it says here that Moses is now speaking with God and God says to him he says talk to the children of Israel. He says, talk to them and see if they will take an offering to me. See if they will make an offering for me. And he says, from everyone whose heart makes him willing, you shall take my offering. So that's a really cool statement that God says here. You know, God was not demanding this from his people. And you know, we do find out that God never demands worship from us, if that makes sense. Like even in the Garden of Eden, he never demanded that Adam and Eve follow him. What I'm trying to say is he always wanted free will. He gave us free will. So even though God wants us desperately to worship him and it's better for us if we worship him. In fact, I was reading, um, I keep going back to Jeremiah because I'm, I'm doing that in my uh, personal study. But uh, something that God says that kind of hit me in Jeremiah, I think chapter seven, was that the people, when they strayed from God and were worshiping these other gods, were actually hurting themselves. They weren't hurting God. They were hurting themselves because they were not worshiping God. And, uh, you know, God is the creator of the universe. And so it is important for us to have a relationship with him. And it's harmful for us if we don't have that relationship with him. So God, I should say, never... Uh, you know, he gives us free will to worship him or to not worship him. And in this sense, he's giving the people here the free will to choose if they want to give God these gifts or if they don't want to give the gifts. It says here in verse two, from every man whose heart moves him to give willingly, you shall take my offering. So God wants them to give willingly. He wants them to be cheerful givers. So once again, God does not demand gifts from us. He does not demand anything like that. And you, we often think that God demands us to like give him stuff. You know, we hear about tithes and we think that God is demanding us to give tithes. But in actuality, all he wants is your heart. You know, even though we're giving tithes to the church, it's not really going to God. He doesn't need that money. <laughs> It belongs to him anyway, whether it's in our pockets or at the church. But he wants us to follow that tithe because he wants us to move into an attitude of trust. You know, that is the, the purpose of tithe is to understand that even though we're giving some of our money and we don't know where it's going and, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen to it and it's not going to be in our pockets anymore, that God is still going to take care of us even when we don't have that extra money in our pockets. That is the point of tithe. It is a heart condition. It has nothing to do with the money. It has everything to do with where your heart is and whether you trust God to take care of you with finances or not. And actually, uh, my church was just going through a Malachi study. And one of the things God says to Malachi, he says, test me, you know, see if if I'm going to bless you, if you give those tithes to me, just test me, see if I will. And so God wants us to give those tithes, not because God needs it from us, but because it shows where our heart is, you know, it shows that uh, we trust in God. And also I should mention here, God says here that he wants the people to give to him willingly. This doesn't mean that if the neighbor is doing it, 
that, you know, you feel guilty and you have to do it too to save face. No, God didn't want any guilt gifts. He wanted them to be given to him willingly. You know, the people to give to him willingly. So it says, um, take the offering. So then, if these people are willing to give these gifts to God, here's what he says. He says to Moses, he says, this is the offering you are to receive from them. Gold, silver, and bronze blue purple and scarlet fabric fine twisted linen goat's hair rams and rams skins dyed red porpoise skins (laughs) and i think the web mentioned like sea lion skins or i can't remember what it was but some sort of sea animal sea cow that's what it was sea cow skins so the meaning of that is actually not known Um, most people think that it's some sort of a leather that may have been in that region and uh, God wanted that particular leather for, you know, for whatever that the temple was going to be built. But one thing I should mention is that all of these materials were for the making of God's temple because he says here that he wants all these things because he wants to dwell with his people. That's what it says here. Have them build a sanctuary for me out of these materials so that I may dwell among them. And you shall construct it according to the accordance with everything that I'm going to show you as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furniture. So that's kind of some old English here, meaning that God was going to show Moses either through visions or maybe even like a replica, like maybe God made a replica of the temple he wanted to show to Moses and then teach Moses how to build that replica or that vision that he has in his mind that was given to him from God. So another interesting thing here is, you know, the Israelite people were actually very, very rich. You have to remember that they weren't just, you know, traveling nomads that were poor. No, they were rich. You know, they had tons of stuff from Egypt because you remember that when they left Egypt, the Egyptians actually gave them like clothing and gold and silk and whatever. I don't know if there was silk, but they gave them all this like really fancy stuff. So they would have had blue dye and purple dye, you know, things that weren't common back then, you know, purple dye. I was actually reading about purple dye a while back and I believe it was so hard to find and it was such an arduous process to make purple colored stuff that only kings wore purple. But because the Egyptians were super rich themselves, they had purple dye, at least some of them did. And so God is asking the people to willingly give up some of those riches so that he can live with them. And what person wouldn't want God to live directly with them? Isn't that cool? Like God wanted to live with his people. He wanted to be a part of their community. Like that is such a fascinating concept to me. One thing I am very passionate about is community. I'm very, very passionate about forming a community, your own community, and becoming a part a member of that community because a community lifts each other up they pray for each other and I believe that is the most significant and important thing about church it's not necessarily the preaching even though the preaching and the music are both very good things and I'm part of the the music worship I I appreciate all that but it's the community the people that are surrounding you that need lifted up in prayer or they need help or you know I mean my church community came through for me so well they came through for my husband and I and we were so appreciative because when we were moving they came and we got that entire house 
completely empty and into the new house by four o'clock. And we were done by four o'clock. I mean, that's fantastic. We had a community of wonderful people that came to our aid when we needed aid. So that is what God is talking about here, is being part of their community and going to their aid when they need aid. I mean, how cool is that? And who can better aid you than God himself? So this would have been something that should have been very, very exciting for the people. They should have been just absolutely astounded that God wanted to come and literally live with them in this temple. Now, of course, God would be in the enclosed space in the most holy place, which we'll talk about next week. But either way, God was, I mean, God sees all. He knows all. He knew it would be happening with his community and he'd come to their aid when they needed him. So he wanted them to be a part of his community and he wanted to be a part of their community. And I just find that so fascinating. And someday we're actually going to be able to be in God's presence like that, even though it didn't work out here. I mean, we'll find out why it didn't work out. (laughs) Because the people just constantly were disobeying and, and God left because his holy place was being destroyed. His most holy place where he was supposed to be living. They were bringing in all sorts of different, uh, you know, terrible things. And and like I said, we'll get into that more. But God desperately had a desire to live with his people. And I find that super, super cool. So we'll talk more about this in the next couple days. Sorry, this is kind of a shorter episode today. But uh, it'll be longer as we talk more about uh, the building of the temple and the tabernacle here and the most holy place that where God was supposed to be living with his people. So friends and faithful listeners, go to my website, www.p40ministries.com. And if you are interested in helping P40 Ministries financially, getting yourself a t-shirt or a friend a t-shirt is a great way to help out. I do appreciate any kind of financial gift that you would be willing to give. But friends and faithful listeners, have a fantastic rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.